Welcome back to the Northeast Newscast. On this week's episode, we're with Christina Hoxie of the Hoxie Collective, who is working on the Kessler Park Master Plan. They are just getting started on this fantastic project, so we are excited to introduce it to you and bring you along on the way. Thanks for joining me today. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you, Abby? Good, good. You know, I got out in Kessler Park early this morning before it got too hot, but um, just driving home from work, I saw a ton of people out, you know, playing in the concourse fountain, taking their dogs for a walk. It's great. It is such an incredibly well-loved place, isn't it? So many people from all the neighborhoods and local businesses and organizations use it so much. That's great. And, you know, as we talk about making it accessible to everyone and taking advantage of the resources we have, things like that, we couldn't do that without all of the people behind the scenes doing all the planning, all the designing, and all the maintenance on the parks. So tell us a little bit about what Hoxie Collective does. Sure. Thank you so much. Um, Hoxie Collective, my office is a a community planning firm locally based right here in Kansas City, Missouri. Um, And we work with communities to untangle sticky solutions for their biggest challenges and their aspirations of how they want their communities to be in the future. Um, And every once in a while, we get to work with the city as our partner. And in the case of the Kessler Park Master Plan Project, we are the consultant for the KCMO Parks Department on creating this plan for Kessler's future. That's fantastic. And it's not the first time you've worked in Northeast, right? That's correct. I've gotten to work with the Lycans neighborhood and also the Independence Plaza neighborhood um, and also uh, on Woodland Plaza and on the Mobility Hub study with the West Side um, Housing Organization and Paseo West neighborhood in particular. Nice. Well, welcome north of the avenue. We're excited to, to see where this park project takes us. You know, what is kind of the timeline as we move forward through this project? This project will be about a year and a half long project. So we'll be going through about summertime next year. Um, The first few months have been about collecting all our data and resources and starting to set up that advisory committee um, and really understanding the lay of the land, getting all the baseline information and um, really checking our resources and starting the community engagement process as well to make sure that we're really hearing from all of the community members as deeply as possible on what this park means to them and what they need it to be in the future. Absolutely. And why is now the time for a Kessler Park master plan, you know, revisit? Yeah, well, so what we've heard from our client um, and what we've learned through our research is that there are so many different organizations really doing work and involved in the park that it makes it difficult for the parks department to know how to prioritize um, community projects and investments in that park. So, and it is such a large park, really one of the top five largest parks in the parks department because it goes all the way from that intersection of Paseo and Independence all the way along Cliff Drive, over along Gladstone to Indian Mound Park on the east side. So they would like to have a plan that's really vetted by all those community members and stakeholders to understand where the priorities are and how to carry those out. 
as well as how to maintain that park and care for its natural resources over coming years. So really to get a feedback process going on that full scope of the project, not just focusing on one section or another, but looking at it as a whole. For sure. And just living in this community, you know, people obviously have different priorities for the park. We have groups that are out there once a month, you know, cleaning out invasive species, which is fantastic. But we have groups who are cleaning off trails so they can mountain bike and kids playing soccer and people playing in the fountain. It's such a variety of activity. And, you know, what's most important to one person might not be most important to the rest of the community. It's so true. How do you kind of wade through all of those responses? Well, and I think it's about finding the connections between them, really, and making sure that this park creates accessibility for the majority of those folks who live and work and play around it, but also create the opportunity for partnerships with those other organizations, those focused interest groups, like you were mentioning, whether it's the urban trails, bike riding and mountain biking community, um, the disc golf community, those who like to rock climb safely there, um, the folks who just enjoy a ride on their bike on Cliff Drive. As you said, there's so many organizations doing their own conservation work there as well. So I think it's really finding connections and building additional capacity within the park department and these organizations to create agreements together that really enhance all of those features of the park. So it's not or, but it's all and creating a really safe and accessible experience for, for all of those things to continue to happen there in a safe and well-maintained way, as well as to bring some new ideas that, um, that have uh, more relevance to local community members in terms of parks, amenities, and programs that they'd like to take advantage of. Some areas of the park aren't as programmed as others. So how do you fill in those gaps and make sure that the incredibly beautifully diverse communities of the Northeast are really able to do the activities and gather in a way that makes sense for them? So I've already heard great things from people who are on your advisory committee Tell me a little bit about how you put that group together and kind of how that first meeting went. Sure. Thanks. Um, so as, as we've already talked about, there are so many different groups that touch the park. So we started with each of those in kind of categories of environmental conservation, the focus group activities such as disc golf and mountain biking and rock climbing, all of the neighborhoods. That was kind of that first band of outreach because really they're all of the neighborhoods of the Northeast, whether you directly touch the park or not, are involved in this conversation. Um, the Kansas City Museum, some of those anchor stakeholders in the area, the business community, the chamber, um, and city departments. So really that wide range of public, private, and nonprofit partners, including the Northeast Alliance Together and Maddie Rhodes, um, as well as the, the local officers serving the community, um, Mr. Hengus, the new homelessness coordinator from the city. Um, so as, as we know, the park has its challenges as well. So we want to make sure that we're really involving all the, the wise community-minded minds 
um, who have been promised to act on behalf of the community that they're representing on this advisory board. Um, it serves as a sounding board for our consultant team throughout the entire process. So we have three scheduled sounding board meetings um, and may indeed need to add another. These groups also have very wide networks, so they help us to get the word out about the process, sharing information on it, sharing um, dates for other community events so that we can really broaden the community engagement on this project and deepen it. Um, so for example, Stephen Tucker from the Housing Authority has been helping our team to really reach out to the residents at Riverview Gardens. Uh, and we'll be starting to host some focus group meetings based on the networks that each of these advisory committee members have. So that first meeting was to get acquainted with uh, all the perspectives of the room. As you so wisely mentioned, there are many different priorities when you have that many perspectives in the room. So also, so also to come to an understanding of what the scope of work can be and what the goals for this year, year and a half long project will be. Um, so that was the, the, the first meeting. We also took our very first stab at like looking at each of the distinct areas of the park and thinking about which areas hold the most promise for uh, the next steps of concept evaluation and really linking the most people and partners. Sure. And so your client for this project is the city or I guess the parks department. You know, what do what will they use this plan for at the end? You know, after you've put in all this hard work, what's the next step? Right. What it, plans can be so nebulous in that way, can't they? <laughs> and part of this plan, so there are really three distinct components. One that we call a connectivity plan, which is that real forward-facing plan that touches all of the community members. That's about concept design, programming, and really the big ideas for connecting this park, both in the very near term and three years out, five years out, 10 years out, what the priority projects are and how those will be phased. Um, the two other components are kind of parks-facing components. One of them is a maintenance and operations plan, and the other is a conservation plan to really focus on how to take care of, restore, and um, bring back to health those, those natural resources in the park, including not only the forest, but also all the waterways in that park. So those become guiding documents for parks department staff going forward and really have very detailed um, instructions on weekly, monthly, and annual maintenance schedules, as well as conservation coordination for that crew. Um, so on the connectivity plan side, what that'll look like and how it can be used is for fundraising, for partnership agreement making, and to really make sure that those priority projects and recommendations are carried through uh, on an accountable schedule. It's so hard to pick my favorite or like the most exciting aspect of this project. You know, you think about conservation and I've interviewed a kid who fishes at North Terrace Lake and, you know, he's out there picking up trash because he just can't stand how much trash there is. Or people talking about, oh, let's bring in a herd of goats to kind of cut back the honeysuckle. And then seeing that 
these people with real passion for it will have a parks department behind them that have a plan that say, hey, this might be part of our plan. How can we help you? I think that's super great. Oh, and we are so excited about those folks. Those folks form the foundation of the implementation of this going forward. And we've talked with Jerusalem Farm about the goats. Um, The Parks Department is totally excited to support them with their first herd. So we're really hoping that as this planning process moves forward over the next few months, we're, we're starting some of those small projects along the way, right? Planning can be so intangible at times, but really it's about implementation. Um, So it's prioritizing and getting things started. So as much as we can get started in the near term with all those amazing organizations, like the young man who fishes at the park, who has the Missouri uh, extension behind him working on with on. Um, restoration of that lake with him, uh, getting those engineering studies underway. That's the next step on that. And that can happen during this year timeframe, as well as hopefully getting that goat herd going, helping the conservationist who's clearing honeysuckle and has grant funding to replant native plants, helping him to move forward with that work. There's so many things ongoing that we just want this process to support and amplify even more too. It's time to take a break to thank our sponsors. Shamika's Online Market in Delhi, offering catering and nationwide shipping at shamikasonline.com. Find their new deli at 16th and Swift in North Kansas City. Shamika's, where customers become friends and friends become family. From classics to campers, hot rods to hoopties, Seaberg Muffler, your exhaust headquarters since 1974. Armor Road in Burlington in North Kansas City, Missouri. And now back to the newscast. You know, we've seen a lot of big dreams for Kessler Park, I guess. You know, Mm -hmm. when you're talking about the Kansas City Design Center Mm -hmm. studies, those students did a fantastic job putting together. And then people are like, oh, that'll never get funded. You know, Mm -hmm. throw it out. And we're like, no, wait, (laughs) they were so cool. Maybe we can use it. Um, Stuff like that. Does that factor into your master plan? It sure does. Yeah, you're right. The great work of the Kansas City Design Center students, um, it it provides vision and they've had community conversations. And so each of those program elements that are present in their concept studies have weight, right? The community has given their time and intellectual energy to weigh in on these concepts and folks got excited about them. So at our first big community workshop, what we'll be doing is getting feedback from the community on some of those priority elements. And we'll have a lot of different community organizations, including the Kansas City Design Center tabling there to provide information on how those concepts were developed. And then our design and planning team will also have a series of stops to have folks come through and provide feedback on those programmatic elements at different areas of the park, including the reservoir. So taking some of those program ideas and then applying them on the ground to prioritize them with community input and and start to weave together how those fit into the overall park strategy and where, where those funding sources could be, where the partners could be, 
and and to make sure that that it is in the community's best interest and completely accessible and free and open to everyone too. I know that those had been some of the concerns stated along the way that if we did something big like that, that had private funding, that all of a sudden the park would be taken away from the people. And, and so we wanna make sure that we're addressing any concerns like that. We're making sure that this really is still the park for the people um, and looking for other exciting opportunities that can happen alongside them. It's yet to be determined, right? We are very excited for your first community event next weekend up at the concourse. Why don't you tell us a little bit about, you know, what to expect and how people can give their input on these, you know, things that will be presented. So on June 25th, from 9 a.m. to noon, um, we will have an information hub at the colonnade end of the concourse park. Um, and so that'll be kind of where all of the neighborhood organizations, as well as ROKC, Heartland Conservation Alliance, Children's Mercy, the Art Garden, many different community organizations will have tables of information. And right up front will be our team set up with tall boards and pictures and questions to get community feedback on. Um, and at the end, we'll have you prioritize some of the big categories of programs and activities that you think are most important to focus on in the park. But in addition, this is the really, really exciting part. We'll also have a couple of food trucks out there to provide you refreshment. Um, the Kansas City Symphony's mobile music band will be there and they'll have two different performances, one at 10, one at 11.30. Um, we'll have folks leading a bike ride along Cliff Drive if you'd like to join them. And if you don't have a bike, there'll be bikes there for you to rent. Nice. Um, there'll be the Urban Trails Company leading a mountain bike ride if you're really in for adventure. <laughs> They're very experienced at doing this. Um, there'll be a nature walk if you'd like to go along with Stephen Van Ryan from the Parks Department and look at some of those beautiful natural resources, as well as a couple of different history walks. One from your, your very close friend, Mike Bushnell there at Northeast News. Um, there'll be some painters there. There's just going to be so many different activities. What we really wanted to do is highlight these organizations that are doing great things there and all of the really exciting activation that happens at that park to get people even more interested and invested and passionate about the future of this park. So come it on out. It great. Yeah. <laughs> and such a, such a cool way to just meet people where they are, you know, if you're at the park anyway, just stop by. It's, you know, please, please. We've come heard by. <laughs> we've heard a ton of like, oh, we need to bring back block parties. And I think this is the ultimate block party with a purpose, which is really cool. Um, and just to see all the activity that happens right at that intersection anyway. Right. I'm sure it's gonna be a great, a great Saturday morning. Thank you so much. I sure hope so. I don't think it can't be a great one. <laughs> as long as the people come out and participate, we will be there and excited to talk with you. Great. So tell me a little bit about your team that will, your team that will be working on this project. Yeah. So in addition to 
my Mary Band from Hoxie Collective of Community Planners. We're working very closely with SWT Design. They're landscape architects with a lot of experience under their belts in park planning. We're also working with Biohabitat and they're ecological engineers. So they're primarily working on the conservation plan with the parks department. It's an amazing team and I, I have a long relationship working with all of them. So it's a really fluid dynamic relationship. That's cool. And you know, parts of Kessler Park are so iconic in our city. You know, when you talk about the colonnade, mm-hmm. it's not in the best shape. Is preservation of things like that part of this plan? Absolutely. Yeah. And that's exactly what we need to hear from folks. Um, I believe that the uh, Scarlet Renaissance community submitted a PIAC request for the the preservation of the colonnade and the restoration of it um, that is is beginning to to start now. Um, and, And likewise, recently there's been a stone wall rebuilt over by Indian Mound Park. And there's so much history there. There's so much history in the areas that have once been overlooked that are now overgrown. Um, so refinding some of those really special moments that were part of the original design of Kessler Park are, are an important part of this process and, and reconnecting each of those areas to each other through accessible pathways too. You know, as we talk about accessibility, one of the complaints I've heard is that Cliff Drive should be open to car traffic, you know, because not everybody can walk or bike or whatever else down there. Um, But then that takes away accessibility for things like bikes and walkers and all that. Um, What are some of the initial thoughts you've heard on either restricting further or opening up um, driving access in the park? Yeah, as you might imagine, we've heard all sides of that. Um, And even some really interesting ideas about having designated vehicles that could take someone on a drive on this scenic byway. It is, from my understanding at least, the only urban scenic byway in the United States. So if you imagine visiting some of the other national parks that have scenic byways, they often have these designated vehicles or trolleys or something that allow people to be in a vehicle experiencing the space. Um, but it would be, it, it could then still be restricted access to, to, to preserve um, the environmental conservation characteristics of it while allowing more accessibility to more people. So that's just one of a multitude of ideas that we've started to collect both from the the folks we've been talking to in the community and the advisory committee uh, and through our research of what might be uh, a future use for Cliff Drive. That's awesome. Um, You know, those conversations are already started happening. You know, my family was in this neighborhood before cars were the, you know, chosen mode of transportation. And so we've always kind of joked like, oh, let's put horse-drawn carriages at the Kansas City Museum, like back in the carriage house. And then we can take carriage tours of Cliff Drive. (laughs) Another great idea. I love that. (laughs) I'm not sure how well that would go over, but (laughs) 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 that's great. Well, is there anything you want to add about, um, you know, this project at the beginning of stages of community engagement? 
Um, yeah, so I would love to um, just encourage people to reach out um, to me or through our website. Um, we have uh, a website that is KesslerParkPlanKC.com um, that hosts information on the project, the events, the ongoing meetings. Really, this is a very transparent process. We want everybody to know everything about it. Um, so to be in contact with me there. Um, and I'm also starting to set up uh, a round of focus group meetings and would love to talk with community members um, in their own language, you know, bring interpretation services um, that may not come out to neighborhood association meetings. So whether that's a church group that would like to host a focus group meeting or a social service agency or a school, we just really love to talk with more of these families in the neighborhood um, about their, their needs, wants, and aspirations uh, for the park and how they use the park. So um, would love to to get more involved with some of those local organizations. So just uh, just a plug to reach out to me and let me know if you'd like to host this focus group meeting. Great. Well, we're very excited about, you know, the future of Northeast and that story can't be told without Kessler Park. Huge part of our daily life and we're excited to see how it moves forward from here. Thank you so much for your interest and your support, Abby. Really appreciate it. Great. And we'll see you next Saturday at the Colonnade in Concourse Park. Great. See you then.